Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome to the Dave Cast. This is episode 21. I have another fucking guest. Uh, me and my buddy Mike sit down. That's why I said it like that. But uh, me and my buddy Mike, we sit down. We had a good conversation. He's an old Air Force um, veteran, uh, military friend of mine that actually became my lifelong, one of my lifelong best friends. So... Uh, I, th- I try to get him to relax at the beginning. I try to get him to ch- calm down a little bit and not act like it was so interviewish. But uh, I, th- I think he did good toward the end. And you guys don't get it, man. To sit here in front of each other and talk like that, knowing mics are going without and trying to keep it as natural and as real as possible is really hard. And we'll get it. Uh, I told Mike I'm going to have him on again, and he's always welcome to come on. We have so many stories we can share and talk about. And he's seriously, genuinely like a, one of the good guys for real, that dude. He's been through a lot of shit, and he's been jerked around a lot in his life, and he deserves the world. So, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Here it is. What's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing? <laughs> I'm sitting here with Mike, and we're talking about how nervous you get before you hit record to do this, to sit here and talk forever, because do it. Could you go ahead? Like, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. I want to get everybody to get on here and realize, like, to sit here, dude, I'm good at it. Obviously, like, I can talk all day, and I never shut the fuck up. But anyway, so Mike's going to be my second guest, you guys. This is my longest running, you're my longest running best friend. You know that, yep. right? I met you in, two, is it 2000? 2000, uh, yeah. October, right? When did you get to mine on? I got there right at November. I got there right after Thanksgiving. I flew in in my dress blues and about 30 below, coldest winter on record for a while, and it was awful. It was ridiculous, dude. I was from South Dakota, and that first winter there was, I don't know what it was, if, I, if we acclimated or what. Yeah. Because well, you acclimate when you go to Texas, like it gets hot there, but, and then you go home and like, I come, if I'm go, like I was overseas in desert or wherever, I'm just trying to get at it. I come from somewhere it's hot, like you acclimate to that weather and like you're not used, you just, I just don't think you get used to being in the cold. No, no, you never get used to being in the cold. It's, I don't know, I always tell people it's like you, you learn to stop bitching about it. Like you're just <laughs> like, you know it's fucking cold, but you just, yeah. what, nothing we can do about it. We live in it, you can either move away or just deal with it. And I think a lot of people just deal with it. Like you run in and you're like, fuck, it's cold outside. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, you just don't, you don't get used to it. Well, I know whenever I was in the desert, you know, you kind of got used to the heat, but I've never gotten used to my mustache freezing and the snot freezing to my face and my eyelids shutting and freezing shut because of the water running out of them. It's just ridiculous. Dude, it's not the same at all. I don't no. think people, I like Rogan always talks about it. He says like, uh, people that are from the north, like Boston, anywhere like has snow and ice or like way harder people. Like, they've had to deal with it, and there's, like, in, if you're in a hot place, you just turn on the fucking AC, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, either that or you strip naked and run through the lawn <laughs> with sprinklers on. Oh, my Lord. Um, you're from Texas originally, so you're yep. used to heat, though, right? So where in Texas are you from originally? I'm originally from a little place outside of Houston, Texas called Conroe, uh, a little small place, so I usually tell people I'm from Houston. So it's near Houston? Yeah, about 30 minutes north. That's cool, man. Why'd you join the Air Force? Um, I, I described my last podcast. I went in deep, but like I was like the fucking army. You said you listened to my podcast too, so you kind of know. Yeah, you know what I mean. I went deep into it or whatever, but like just like why? Why do you think you joined the Air Force? Uh, there were a lot of reasons. Um, the place I was at, I wasn't happy with. I, I grew up. My dad was in Italy. He was a preacher, uh, so I traveled a lot. And being in one place just kind of sucked for me. Plus, I was trying to work full time and go through college, and being a teenager, it just wasn't working. Uh, so I just joined the Air Force. I was like, well, I'll get my education that way. You were older, though. You were older than the rest of us. That was I was. The part. Yeah. Like, a lot of us were all still 18, 19 years old. Yeah, I was the dumbass that was buying alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that in a minute. 
So, what were you going to school for before you joined? Um, I, I actually, like seriously, I mean, I, I, you probably told me most of this stuff before, but obviously for the podcast, yeah, we do that or whatever. Um, it, it sounds way too interviewing. You know, you still sound <laughs> like you're talking. You, it's so weird, right? Like you gotta yeah. try to just talk. We're just gonna just gotta melt into a conversation. I don't want it to be like I ask you a question and you answer. Sure. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, I, I went to uh, school to learn dance. Uh, no, I actually was going into school. No, it's actually. I looked at you like I can see you being. A, no, I can't see you being a dancer at all. So no, I actually went into uh, law enforcement, and that's kind of where I joined. I wanted to be a cop, um, and so I kind of looked and used that as my opportunity to do so. And so I, I, I started kind of getting my generals done for law enforcement when I, before I joined. You worked in a grocery store, didn't you? Uh, when I got out of the Air Force, I did. I can't remember. I know you worked <laughs> in a grocery store once, but I was trying to remember if, like, if what you told me, if I, what I remember about you, because a lot of that stuff I think we've talked about before. Yeah. But refresh my memory anyway so you just you didn't want to go your school wasn't going good for you no uh between work and school full-time and then just being a teenager it was horrible because i wanted to party and live the typical teenage life and uh, so you, weren't, you just weren't ready to go to school no i i, I wasn't either man i, I left like, if, if i go to college i am gonna like drink and do drugs like so bad like i knew it's almost yeah. like i knew i needed structure oh i'd walk right out of class and i'd go to a movie theater to the mall and just walk around and i'd be like fuck it like what's the point of me going and listening to this person that's boring so you as shit like school you hated school i i did at that point in time yeah i hated high school fucking hated dude like sitting in class all day and just like doodling and just couldn't wait dude i watch and stare at the clock and just wait for the fucking day to end like School, school and me just didn't mix. Like you seem like an active outdoor guy too, though. So yeah, I, I like active outdoor guy. That's what I should say. I liked up to about high school, and then once I got to college, it was just too much shit. And I was like, you know, I'm an adult like, now. Too much freedom. Like you actually yeah. have to go on your own and actually do fuckery and not get yelled at or do exactly. Something. You you could decide to ditch if well, you we wanted to. We did that in the Air Force too. Yeah, though. but you were a little more. You had more consequences, and you were more afraid. Oh God, yeah, it. you were scared to death of Kevin Coase because he's gonna God. hand you your ass if you ever cross the line. He looked like a fat Rick Moran. He's going to look at kill me, dude. I'm yeah. so scared of that guy. I respect him so much. He saved my career so many times. Yeah, so, mine too. So. Mike is talking about a guy, Kevin Coe's. Uh, he was our first flight chief. So in the Air Force, in Minot, um, Minot had two different kind of cops. You had the base law enforcement guys, and none of us even knew any of them really. No. Um, and they were considered fifth-side cops. <clears throat> and you had this 91st bomb wing side or missile wing side. Yeah. Of cops and there were different squadrons within it, but anyway, we had these flights and it was about forty to forty-five guys, right? Yeah, yeah, forty to forty-five guys, and each one had like tactical fire teams. It was broken down to like tactical fire teams, and but it's pretty much just a flight, and it was just you know you had your you had your ranking or whatever, but you worked with the same guys quite a bit. I yeah. Mean, yeah, no, Coz was an amazing guy. Uh, I remember the day you told him he looked like he had a sweater. When he got out of the shower, he had a towel wrapped around him. He came out, and you're like, nice sweater. He's an <laughs> asshole, though. Don't be afraid to say he was an asshole. That no. I fucking chewed my ass so much for the dumbest shit. He flipped me off the couch one night, but I, I was sleeping on the couch. He flipped yeah. me off the couch one night. Um, me and Larry Cleveland, oh, I don't want to go into these stories anymore. Let's not talk about too many of them. All right. But no, <laughs> can. That's why we're doing this. Still, like, relax. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else, dude? So, Minot. We got to Minot. Anyway, this, that's what a flight is. So, he was in charge of the flight. Then we always had a different lieutenant all the time. Who, yeah, which, we had which about four. What lieutenants do you remember that were like? Uh, Lopez was probably my, my favorite. favorite dude. Yeah. He was ridiculous. I remember he was the like, time. Uh, is he we... still in the military? Like, can we get him in trouble? Uh, I doubt it. 
Like if he, he is, he's like a full bird colonel now. He probably wouldn't. He even know, like, so he wants people talking about him partying with like his airmen when he yeah. was a fucking lieutenant. Well, I remember the day that it's, we got snowed out. We were supposed to trip out to the field, and um, they we went into the uh, work that day, and they said, well, we can't drive out to the missile field because it's so bad. And so we planned that we were going to go snowboarding and sledding, and we were going to pull, pull each other behind our Jeeps. And my blazer. Oh, you weren't? I don't think so. And so anyway. I know. I know the story. Keep yeah. Going, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the flight chief, Kevin Coase, he finds out that we're going to do this. And he like kiboshes the whole thing. He says, you will not do this under any circumstances. My dad used to drag us around on sleds dude, yeah. up and down the road. And the guy down the road, <laughs> Gene Cook, uh, who has a pet deer now. It's ridiculous. Anyway, he had these fucking dogs that would chase us as yeah. we go by. And you figured, you thought if you fell off in front of Cook's house, you're done. Right? Yeah. But, like, so we were, my brother has, like, a spatula, and he's, like, swinging it at these dogs as my dad's going by, pulling us in a Bronco, <laughs> and he's on a sled. And the one time my brother did fall off right in front of the dogs, and they didn't fucking do anything. Yeah. They just want to chase. But, yeah, my dad used to pull us. If there wasn't too much <clears throat> snow on the field, we'd go around and around in this field, and yeah. he'd pull us around. We never had a snowmobile growing up or anything fun like that. No, so Kevin Coase said we could not, under any circumstances, go do this. And as soon as he walked out of the office, uh, Lieutenant Lopez walks in and he goes, the fuck with that. He goes, I'm giving you guys a direct order. We're going to do this. And so we all went out. I had my blazer. Uh, Montanero had his Jeep. Blakey had his Jeep. And so we're out there. We're pulling people behind our sled on sleds. And uh, I remember looking out the back. I had a spotter, which was Burkle. He was looking out my back glass and my blazer to see if we lost somebody because we couldn't see with all the snow blowing up. And why do I? I don't know why I don't remember being there. And maybe I was. I don't know. I don't remember a lot of that weird yeah. shit for serious. And like, he was, I suppressed so many memories from that <laughs> from Minot. I don't know why. Maybe like head injuries. I got all my. But anyway, go ahead. But yeah, no. Uh, I, I remember Burkle screaming. I think uh, Lopez fell off, and so I slowed down, and he's holding on to the back of the sled with one hand, getting drugged. Oh we God. drug him about ten yards. Hanging off the sled, and he goes, I thought the whole thing was to stay on as long as you could. <laughs> Did you ever go to Rice Lake with us or whatever when we went out tubing, and it was so fucking cold, it was ridiculous. I was the only one to not fall off the tube. I didn't go to Rice Lake. try no. or whatever. Was it Rice Lake? It was so cold. The water was really cold, and a bunch of us went out there one time. No, I didn't go to that one. I went to the one where we beached the craft out at uh, Nelson so we, Lake. So here, so we get to our first base, right, Minot. I got there a few weeks before you. Um... I went through that. They had like squadron training or whatever. Yep. It was like me and two other cops. That's where I met Kevin Edwards. Um, I knew Kevin from tech school. I don't know if I knew Kevin in tech school. I knew of him. But anyway, one of our buddies, Kevin, he, um, that's where I like, fuck, I can't even talk about Where was I going with that? This is ridiculous. Um, Kevin, no, I met him, and that's when I brought him home to South Dakota. Yeah. Because our, that first Christmas, we got a big, like, we got, like, a huge weekend break. It was, like, a four-day break. Yeah. It wasn't going anywhere. I don't know if I told this story before. My grandma always called him a colored boy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, at her house in front of everyone during, yeah. like, I think it was during Grace or whatever. She yeah. Like, yeah. It was so <laughs> funny, man. Anyway, he thought it was the funniest thing ever. It was, he like, during Grace. It was cool. I'm just like, oh, my God. Everybody looked at him. My grandma was such a trip. Um. So we get to Minot, like you went through training. Do you remember, um, God dang, I'm trying to remember the first time we ran into each other. Uh, I think it was when we first hit the dorms. Like we had got there. I didn't have oh, my, uh, yeah, 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 I didn't we have my, uh, 
Why not think about it? I didn't that? have my security clearance at the time uh, you because waited. I lived around. You didn't around. get to come to flight for a while. Yeah, oh, I, I lived in yeah. Italy, so it took them a while to do my background clearance because like, you have to have a secret security clearance to work the field. And uh, so because I lived outside the country, they had to verify I wasn't in the mafia. And I remember killer. that. What would, yeah. they have, what would they have you do in between all that? Uh, dorm cleanup. And I went and shoveled all the driveways for all the deployed uh, and like airmen that were out in the missile field for their wives and stuff. So oh I, my God. I, I, I basically did all the shit work that nobody wanted to do, and everybody that was in trouble had to do. So I wanted to get your security clearance. I remember it taking uh, quite a while now. It was almost a year. I actually this is wanted like up, refreshing all my memories of that stuff because I'm telling yeah, you, I don't remember any. Of I that. actually wound up having to go to. Uh, I, I got to deploy, which is hard to do out of Minot to begin with. I got to go to That's Saudi right. Arabia. That's right. You got a deployment. None yeah. of us ever. None of us got to deploy. Yeah. So I went to Saudi Arabia. I actually flew in country right before september 11th uh i remember going to the chow hall the day that they hit the uh twin towers and i was grabbing my food and they pulled up the first one uh the first plane crashing into the twin towers hit as i was getting my food and then right oh, when i left being in kuwait you're in kuwait i was in saudi, saudi arabia so that yep. must they locked it down didn't they oh yeah uh sirens started going off they boarded up all our windows and i was working as a tcn escort which is a third country national um like filipinos and other uh nations would come and they would work for us for like really cheap and so my job was to escort them around base and just make sure they weren't getting in any, any trouble and they saw that I was a cop, so they what automatically they, pulled me off and made me so go. So right when 9-11 hit and you were whatever, what did they have? They had you still do the same job? I mean, or did they not? No, as soon as they found out I was a cop, I, I had to report to the LE squadron, and I was base security after that. Uh, it was probably one of the scariest moments in my life just because I'd never been in the Middle East before. And I'm looking out. Dude, you just got there. The biggest terrorist attack ever. I mean, exactly. Happened. Yep. You just got over there. Yep. And uh, there was a bunch of army on our base. Matter of fact, all of them had to pack up. They were forward deployed right away so we could have people boots on ground like within yeah. days. Uh, so all of the Air Force had to step up and we had to basically fill in all the other uh, positions. And so they, because I was a brand new airman, I didn't even have a stripe at the time. So... My job was to do foot patrols for 14 hours a day, walking between towers, and I got a 15-minute break every hour where I could go up in a tower and just sit. And while you were up there, you would watch these Saudis drive by, and they would burn American flags, and they would be chanting and giving us the bird. And it was just nuts. Because of 9-11? Because or of 9-11. Then why were they mad at us? Well, it was it was a 50-50 response. There were a lot of them that were throwing up peace signs, a lot of them saying, you know, go USA. But at this point, they don't know why. They don't know. We, we still didn't know who attacked it. Or no, we, we didn't know anything. And, and yeah. so, you know, at that point, they're still trying to figure out what's going on. Everybody and, that comes on my podcast, dude, I'm going to ask them where they are during 9-11. I was going to yeah. start with you, and you already did it. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So that's where I was. Uh you know, I, I was scared that I was going to get forward deployed because I, I, like I said, this is the first time I'd ever been anywhere in the Middle East. And here I'm thinking my first deployment, which was supposed to be relatively safe, might turn into a so combat. Did you ever deployment. go back to doing escorted duties with TCS? I did, yeah. Um, how long, like, how many, how long before it chilled out? It didn't until, like, I got ready to leave. Uh, matter of fact, my worst day, I remember we had a 18 wheeler come on and they had five gallon paint buckets. And my job, and I'm not even making this up, was to take each of those buckets off the truck, 
take the caps off of it and they're the ones that you got to pry with the screwdriver all the way around yeah and i had to stick a stir stick in there and stir it up to make sure there were no bombs in this fucker so that's serious yes it took me like half a day to unload this 18 wheeler do it to each one of these fucking lied you know that. Like, <laughs> i would have been like yep i checked all well i had like a tech sergeant that was watching me to make sure you know in case i got blown up you know by a bomb <laughs> you'd, <Are> you <laughs> yeah 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 so that was my job so but that was my job because the this, that was before we had any well the X-ray like, scanner was down. That's uh, why we have these big X-ray scanners that they drive these eighteen wheelers. Yeah, calling that. Yeah, that's what we had in Africa. It was a back scanner. It was yeah, a truck, and it would drive around yep. the trucks. And they had like yeah, they had a big yeah. awning kind of later thing. on. Like the search pits would actually get like the trucks. They would just automatically do it as they drive through. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was prior to all that. So no, our, our truck went down, and that's what I had to do was sit there and stir each damn bucket until we, to make sure you that did nothing, all of them, all of them, every freaking one of them. I would have not done that. I, <laughs> you would have though. I guess if that's what they told you to do, that's what you did. Yeah, you didn't ridiculous. have a choice. So then you were. It was only like forty-five days, wasn't it? Um, the original was supposed to be forty-five days. I wound up staying. Uh, I was there for three months. Three months. Yeah, uh, so they, they did give me. An I seriously ex- do remember that because I, we yeah. were all jealous because we all wanted not to go. We didn't want to. Just, Nobody wanted to be a minot. That was the thing. That's the thing too. But a lot of people do want to deploy and they get yeah. stuck there. And you know, guys have been there from previous previous bases who have deployed before. Like, yeah. like you guys want to deploy? Trust me. And, and how many people actually were in combat? You know, if you deployed back then, you were going to like you said Saudi, Qatar. Mm-hmm. Like we really weren't. They weren't. We weren't in an active war no, at that not point. Yet, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, after that, though, there were an active war. Yeah. I was out in the missile field when it happened. Yeah. Um, well, I remember that guy jumping the fence. I, I even heard about that in Saudi Arabia that jumped the fence in. In Grand Forks. In uh, Grand Forks. Just somebody jumping yeah. the fence. It wasn't anything. Like, <laughs> I know. It was dumb. But, yeah, they shut down the base, and there was whole scans and everything, I heard. So, Dude, yeah. in Minot, we were on, on our breaks. Um, we didn't get a day off. When 9-11 yeah. happened, I was at a Hotel One, and it was travel-in day. Yeah, and me and Steven Henderson, Big Hendo. I don't throw out too many names on here sometimes. But yeah, me and Big Hendo, we're, we're the flight, we're the FSCs for that. We're the yeah. dispatchers, like for people that understand, we were like the dispatchers for the area we were working out in Minot Missile Field, whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know how deep you can go into like talking about all that, right? Like you, yeah. you know a lot of shit in the way, like a lot of how that shit operates out there, and I'm sure it's changed so much since we've been out there. Yeah, I was talking to Chloe about it, and he said it's ridiculous. Like cameras different. on sites and shit yeah. now for sure. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have that shit, man. I mean, no. They, yeah, that shit was like you had to go do an actual visual inspection every time an alarm goes off. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But I don't even know what I was getting at with that. I never do. You're talking about you and Henderson coming back. Oh, um, no. Right. Right, yeah, during 9-11, though. Yeah. So I just went to bed because I was a night shift, and Henderson got up. And all of a sudden, pounded on my fucking door, and I just fell asleep. And I get up, and you're just like, open the door. I'm like, what? Henderson hands me, uh, and then it was ThreadCon, ThreadCon Charlie Sheets, and he pushes them against me, and he's like, start hanging these up and he just walks off real fast and I'm just like what the fuck ever man and I thought I'm like I see Charlie and I thought it was he's I thought he was waking me I went up I followed him back up there because I'm like you seriously wake me up to put up fucking exercise yeah. shit and he goes it's not real it's real man we're being attacked and I turn around and he like we watched the second plane hit live on the TV yeah. right then and there I'm yeah. just like what the hell's going on and he's like dude there's planes crashing into buildings yeah but we didn't know it was like really I don't know. We didn't know what it was. Well, the first one, everybody thought it was an accident. Like some uh-huh. fucking pilot was drunk Just or an something. Idiot, yeah. And then the second one, you were like, oh shit, something's happening. Yeah. And it was like. And then the that. fucking Pentagon. And then that, that was like when shit hit the fan in the Middle East. Like when I was, I, by that time I had already grabbed my food. I had made it back to the uh, kind of place where I was staying. 
and uh, everybody was outside smoking and talking about the two planes that hit, and we kind of realized at that point it wasn't an accident. And you guys uh, were fucking probably like we're going to fucking war, yeah right yeah okay. and then uh, and then I'm I'm sitting there you're watching said, TV. we know we're stuck there we're not yeah. really going anywhere because the nukes aren't the nukes yeah. need to fucking have watch you yeah know, so. and so I'm sitting here and I'm the only one in the room watching TV while everybody else is outside smoking and th- then I see that the Pentagon gets hit and I I immediately remember running outside and telling everybody that was smoking they just hit the fucking Pentagon. And everybody looked at me and said, quit fucking lying, Mike. Have you ever listened to the conspiracy shit with any of that? Oh, uh, like I've heard a lot of it. They said there's no plane parts and stuff. Like, yeah. I don't want to believe with any of that. I don't try to go down the rabbit hole that far. No. Not that far. But anyway, Mike, you're, we're talking like it's such an interview, man. I want it to be such a conversation. But this is, <laughs> you're learning, no, you're learning with me, man. I appreciate yeah. you being on here for real. A lot of people wouldn't want to sit here and just talk into microphones and we look like morons. <laughs> Mike's kids in the other room, he's like, you, he's over there, you shut up, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> he didn't say that. He's like, I don't know what he said. But, yeah. uh, no, man, you're like my longest running friend. We're fishing buddies and shit. I know yeah. I abuse you sometimes. I don't abuse you like... You want to go fishing like every fucking day? I'm like, Mike, I got to do adulting today. I like, know. can't go fishing, but don't get, dude, I wish we could go fishing yeah. every day. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm your long, longest running best friend too, ain't I? Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Don't say I mean, you're nothing. Don't fucking tell me I am. I'm just playing. No, I mean. No, but like, it's weird how we came together because we were, we split up and we split up in life. When I left my, I left in 05. My, yeah. Uh, and I left right after you did, yeah, actually. To a go couple to months. Yep. How was Germany, dude? That's got to be cool. Freaking man. amazing. The I absolutely there, loved it. So, like, I went through there a couple different times on the yeah. deployments, dude. It's like crystal vice and beer. Yeah. I drank fucking three of them. I was a drunk. The half of ice and I'm fuck you up, too. Why? They're just stronger? They're they, way stronger. They don't regulate it like we do here. Like, you know, here we have such a regulation on what the percentage is in the alcohol. They, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they just want to get fucked up. That's all they care about. And then there was, like, every time I went through there twice, there happened to be a festival right off base. Yeah. Is it festivals, like, every day, all day? It's it should be. There. It should be, uh, but no, the Germans about, love to party. So. What was bad about Germany, though? What did you What was like? bad? Um, my ex-wife was about the only thing in Germany I hated. <laughs> um, I have one rule on the podcast. You know yeah. what it is? No talking about ex-wives. That too, but we don't, I don't talk. I try. We're gonna talk shit about people. It's gonna happen. Yeah. But I try not to talk shit about people that can't defend it here or whatever. Yeah. But your ex-wife wouldn't. No, <laughs> not even talk about Maybe I should have no no talking about ex-wives on here. I really don't. Like I think I've I've, I've praised Kristen on here. Yeah. Sometimes my first ex-wife. Yeah. Has done a Kristen's done an awesome job. You yeah. were around. For, you were around when I was with Kristen. Yeah. No, I I actually was part of your wedding. So oh, I, I know. I, right? <laughs> crazy. I remember for your uh, bachelor party we went out and we were uh, coon hunting and uh, that, that was bachelor, <laughs> who's bachelor the bachelor party went coon hunting. Yeah, we all went out. Yeah. Bobby, my dad. Yeah. And then, yeah, just all, who was all there? Montanero, Burkle. Burkle, Chloe. So many people. Uh, there was a couple people. Yeah, it's quite a few. I we just remember running through, the, running through the woods at dark, just chasing the hounds and hearing them bay. That was awesome. That crazy, man. Yeah. You grew up doing that. Yeah. I talked to guys that work that coon hunt. There's two brothers that we, I work with now, and they're coon hunters. I know Skeeter, I, he told me how he coon hunted before, and we share stories. Yeah. But it's crazy, like, the stories I have from coon hunting. Like, everybody wants me and my dad to sit down and talk about, and maybe even have my brother on, too, like. Dude, we were like six years old, man. Yeah. And it's like, dad would hand you a flashlight and be like, the truck or whatever. Well, you wouldn't be six. We were a little older than six, but we went out. I wonder how young we were when we went out coon hunting. We were young. Yeah. But there were times where dad would like put me on a tree. He would like, gave me a flashlight in the 12 gauge. And he's like, this is a big cottonwood tree. The coons always get in the holes in here. And the dogs, we can't get them out. So you're going to stand here with a shotgun and if you hear a fucking noise or anything crashing through the woods, you aim the flashlight at it and the gun, make sure it's not me or dogs. 
you know, and gave me the safety briefing. Yeah. And he's like, you, so you're, dude, you're sitting, I'm like fucking nine years old with a shotgun on a tree in pitch black in the middle of the night. You don't think I hear shit breaking and stop, you know what Sasquatch. I mean? Dude, your mind, your mind plays so many tricks on you. Or dad's like, uh, you learned to drive when you were like 10 though. Yeah. So dad's like, go get the truck. It's about a fucking mile that way. Yeah. And you start walking. And as you're walking, you're like, is there wolves out here? Is there fucking other things out here? And you're like, I'm by my fucking self. And next thing you know, you're at a dead sprint, bro. Yeah. Trying to get back to the truck. Like, you get in the truck and you're just like, Whew, fuck, man. Like, it's, yeah. there's some scary times, dude. My dad almost fallen through the ice before. Dogs getting drowned by raccoons. Jeez. When the littlest guy, I guess he gets to go in the fucking culvert, bro. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm, the only thing I worry about, too, I'm not even scared of the raccoon. I don't need a fucking 100-pound coon dog smashing me trying to get over me to get to the raccoon. Yeah. You know, he'd make sure it was dead. You'd shoot it and keep the dogs out. And they're like, Davey, you're going in. <laughs> Fucking A, we need to draw straws. But, so, um, you're my fishing buddy. What else do you want to talk about? Um, my, you know, we're Germany, man. I fucking, dude. Yeah. Once I started going into fucking something, just be like, Dave, stop talking. Let me finish my story. No, Germany was amazing. I actually worked law enforcement. I got away from the security, got away from the nukes, and I actually got to do law enforcement, and that was amazing. I absolutely love doing it. When I got um, stationed here, dude. I got my yeah. first day. Yeah, dude, law enforcement is awesome. Like, oh, you, yeah. You just went from being a fucking missile, whatever you were. Yeah. We, I, we weren't cops for no. you know, security guards. That's not even... I don't know how to explain that job, man. Like, yeah, there's no just, way to really explain it other than you were bored out your ass and you had nothing to do but kill time. You were 18 time. years old and they gave you a decent <laughs> truck to drive around and yeah. you fucking jump stuff and act dumb and break. Dude, we got in so much trouble out there. But anyway, oh so back to Germany. I was just saying, when I got yep. to Grand Forks, I got to do law enforcement. Yep. And it's like fucking you actually got to be you actually got to feel like a cop for the first time. Yeah, I mean, and when I was there, I got to do so much. There was... Um, Grand Theft Auto, $38,000 Beamer that I recovered. Uh, we got the guy. He actually did a gas and go. And that's why they put out a bolo for him, be on the lookout. And um, he actually came up to our gate. Well, we wind up running the plates, and the plates came back to the car were stolen. And what had happened is, is one of his buddies had rented a car and returned back to the States. And he had left it with his airman, uh, who was supposed to take him to the airport, and then return the car to the rental company. He never did. So he had had this car for like six months, hadn't paid, and it was in the other dude's name who had already did gotten he know out. Did it was a rental car? Yeah, yeah. His buddy, he, so he his buddy. Dri- he, was, he knew he was just driving yeah, around. On yeah, his buddy got out of the Air Force and went back to the States, and yeah. he's like, look, use this car to take me to the airport, and then whenever you get back, just return it for me. So it's not even in his name. It's in the other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we apprehend him. Uh, we go through his car. I find he was an airman. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude. Yep. So I find a, uh, black looked like a nine millimeter pistol. It happened to be an airsoft, uh, pistol. Yeah. And so anyway, we go through his car. I wind up finding a bunch of, there were four credit cards that didn't belong to him. Uh, all four of them had different names. And then we found a breaking kit in the back of his car. So with he was like, a scumbag, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And he so, wasn't just driving around and he wasn't just No, he, car, he was he, just a piece of crap that wound up making it in the Air Force somehow. No, he wasn't. He some supplier, some Jesus. BS. But yeah, no, he wound up spending some time in prison. Um, I responded to an attempted murder. Uh, that was probably the hard, most hardcore thing I ever responded to. Uh, Happened between a army, he, he used to be in the army, and he was a um, medevac. 
and he had just suffered real bad PTSD and he was really abusive to his at the time girlfriend uh, they had a child together and the mom just said look I'm tired of you beating me the daughter's getting too old to see this stuff I'm leaving you and he literally took a mag light to her head and uh, I responded we wound up having to kick her door in and uh, run IVs on her and everything. Uh, there happened to be a dock on the first floor that had an IV bag. Where'd the dude go? Did he bounce? Oh, he, he took the kid and, ra and ran. And uh, they caught him on his way to Switzerland. He ran out of gas uh, or was running low on gas. And he actually stopped on a base. Well, we have these scanners to scan ID cards. And so when, you know, we, we're looking for somebody, we put holds on those ID cards. And when you scan it, it pops up, hey, this person's armed and dangerous, da 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 and so he was apprehended about two hours away from us heading for Switzerland. And that's the only reason the idiot got caught is because he went back on base. If he would have just drove to a, a regular gas station. But if you bought gas. I would go nowhere near any sort exactly. of Exactly. But I the thing is, is gas costs. Life. Well, gas costs like a, a fortune in Europe. And oh, so if you don't buy it on base, know, you, you pay. Yeah. It was like $15 a gallon. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's, all their, it's all nuts. their cars, are, they use a lot of propane. And, and so the idiot doesn't think about this. And that's all he was thinking about was saving a buck on gas. And that's the only reason we caught him before he got made it to switzerland with the daughter and uh so i remember me and my partner having could he have, can you could he go to switzerland and then is he he'd be good because he's another country i mean he was already in i don't know switzerland's kind of one of those funny deals they they don't have an extradition law but because he's military i don't know what in the world they would do um I, i'm sure they would hook him up somehow they, they'd find a way so wait so the german government worked with him like well, he was on what if he was already off base i mean do you guys have some weird jurisdictional thing? so uh they have what's called a sofa no, agreement he in, was he still in the military yeah he was still active but duty he, oh, but he was army though he was army yeah okay uh so we have a thing called a status of forces agreement yeah, which yeah. is called a sofa agreement uh and that is an agreement between us and the coast country that we're working in and so essentially they get first crack at him because the event did actually occur off base. Okay. So he got attempted murder in Germany by the German law, but then he also got hooked up by us, the military side. Uh, what happened is, is Germans wound up relinquishing him to us and then he just fell under military. So he went to Leavenworth. So, but um, he didn't have to worry about... He didn't have to worry about go, would going to prison in like Germany or something. He could have if they wanted to push the matter. But the, did you ever, did you know any people that had to go to pr German prison? Yes, I have. Like prison or jail? What's the uh, what, both the difference, right? Yeah, jail is for more you know temporary, the temporary thirty days kind of you know just short short term stays. Uh, prisons for more violent crimes, you know, uh, more heinous crimes, and they're typically there for you know years, sometimes even more. Um, but they would be tried under German law then, right? Yeah, they would be is tried under German law. The German, if you're, I mean, if you don't have much experience in it, I don't know. You know I mean, like, is German law a lot like our law here? Like, off bases? Or do they get faster trials, quicker things figured um, out? Or is it like, you know, shit gets dragged out here. Like, yeah, get, no, like, they... The law, like, it takes them a few months to finally fucking convict you of something. It usually. depends on what it is. There there were occasions where things were got, would get drawn out, and then there were other occasions where it was very quick. Uh the one thing I will say is, you know, everybody bashes on cops here, and I know I've talked about this with Dave. And as, I was you know, defending cops on Facebook today, bro. <laughs> and it, it's really hard for people that are not cops to understand exactly what it's going through. And I'm not justifying the crap the cops do. I mean, there are some shitty cops out there. Don't, <laughs> for sure. you know, just they're like there's shitty, shitty anybody. People, yeah, they're yeah. shitty in anything you do. And, and uh, you know, the big thing is, is um, 
you know, we talk about how horrible American cops are. You know, that's what you see in the media all day, every day. You know, we hate blacks. We hate this person. We hate that person, you know, and, and the hate crimes. And one of the biggest things that I saw when I was in Germany is you don't fuck with the German police. I literally watched a German police officer Sparta kick a guy in the back because he refused to go down a flight of stairs. And he caught himself with his face because he was handcuffed behind his back. You know, and we were talking about this the other day while we were fishing. About all like you can watch videos like in yeah. South Africa and shit, where yeah. they like handcuff people to their like their, they handcuff their wrists to their fucking legs, yeah, and then throw them in the trunk of cars and <laughs> drive away. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we're sitting here saying how horrible our cops are, and I'm like, you know, I've literally watched a guy get kicked down four four steps, land on his face with his hands handcuffed behind his back because he refused to go into a detox cell. Uh, another time, I. Um, we arrested a guy for a DUI, and part of the process of being over there is you have to actually sign a waiver that you'll give blood if you're suspected of a DUI or uh, being intoxicated. And an American, we arrested him for a DUI. Germans got first crack because it was off base. And uh, so they said, all right, we're getting a doctor. He's going to get blood to uh, you know, verify your blood alcohol content. And the American looked at me and he said, I'm an American. I don't have to fucking listen to them. Right. And I was like, I would. And uh, he so they once again said, hey, stick out your arm. We're going to get blood. And he looked at the officer and he goes, fuck you. And the officer said, I'm going to give you one more chance. Either you give me blood, put your hand out or he goes, I'm going to get blood. And the, the guy looked at him. and He said, I'm an American. I don't have to listen to you. And the Pulitzer officer just straight up backhands the guy. Bra you know, breaks his nose. His nose is just pouring blood. And he sticks the vial under his nose, and he goes, we got blood, no problem. That's funny. <laughs> and like so, you said, we're not, not justifying, like, dude, I watched some videos where some fucking cops are like, why is this dude yeah. shooting and this and that? And I got in a thing, like, I put a post up the other day about handcuffing, right? So there's a video of, like, the I think we talked about it. There was the two, there's two black guys mowing lawns. And the one guy was going from door to door putting out his business card. And I get it. They're just trying to be entrepreneurs and start their business. Yep. Um, and a white, a big fat white cop rolls up and goes, comes up and asks what they were doing going door to door, which I, as a cop, I think that sounds like a pretty good reason. I mean, but at the same time, the cop can see that, you know, they have their own lawn mowing service at the same time. But how many of those things do you think those people aren't staking out houses to rob and all yeah. that? But that's like, that's a... That's a far right way of me to look at it, right? That's the cop me looking at it. Yeah. Like, well, there's a thing that, you know, yeah. as, as a cop, you start learning that you look at things and, you know, you become very judgmental. I analyze everything. Yeah. And, and, and you have to be because that's what makes you a good cop. That's what makes you drive by and, oh, my God, that's out of order. You know, you, you see it all the time in the news where this cop just all of a sudden this girl waves at him all the time. I, I saw this on Facebook the other day. And all of a sudden, this one day, this girl just isn't out on the porch to wave at this cop. And he looks in the door, and she is literally collapsed on the floor and dying of malnutrition. And the, so because that cop had that sense of, hey, something is out of order, and he stopped and he looked in on this girl, he saved her life, you know. And, yeah. and it's things like that that cops wind up picking up on that a normal civilian wouldn't have to deal with and wouldn't have to see, you know. And a lot of people think, oh, well, he's just being too judgmental. And, and the thing is, is you got to be that way to kind of see things that are not the norm. So in that video, though, the cop comes up and he asks, hey, you got your ID on you. And then the guy right away, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying don't question a cop. I don't. I'm just like, yeah. 
I do whatever the fucking cop says, whether he's right or wrong. Like, yeah. if I can get a freaking lawsuit out of the deal, man, arrest me for something I <laughs> yeah. didn't do. Like, I'm going to get some money. I'm fucking broke. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, not that I would use that, you know, that <clears throat> card at all or whatever, but I'm just saying if I'm getting wrongfully arrested, just let them arrest you. Yeah. You'll figure it out later. Like, have, yeah. Have, 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 do you know any cops that have ever started handcuffing or arresting someone and then just stopped doing it because the person told them not to or whatever? Yeah. Like, no. Once, yeah. Once you're getting arrested, you're getting arrested. Um, I, I think you, you should be able to question it a little bit. I know I yeah. would. If a cop came up and said, pulls out handcuffs, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like, all right, handcuff yeah. me. Like, well, why, dude? You know, you just can't handcuff me. But I'm just saying, so in the video, he asked for the guy's ID. He said he doesn't have his ID. And then he pulls out his notepad and he said, what's your name and birthday? And the guy gives him his name and birthday. And then the cop asks, then the kid asks the cop for his badge number and his name. Yep. And the cop reaches back and he pulls out his handcuffs. See, at that point, I thought the cuffs, the cuffs came out quick. Yeah. If I was a cop, I would have just said, hey, I'm fucking officer whoever, here's my badge number. Yeah. I'm officer Fat Lazy, here's my badge number. I have to refer to him as Fat and Lazy on Facebook because if I don't, people automatically get triggered thinking I'm sticking up for him. Yeah. And I'm not, though, at all. No. But at the same time, those dudes should have just, I don't know, if you had nothing to hide, don't act like you have something to hide. Exactly. You're not trying to get at, yeah. Well, well, the big thing is, is you see a lot of it nowadays, and there is no respect for authority from anybody nowadays. I mean, kids. I mean, I, I remember growing up and growing up down south, everybody was yes sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, no sir. You know, and we, we treated everybody res- with we respect. Were yeah, of them growing up, dude. Yeah, and you treated them with respect. God help you if they pulled you over, and you, you know, you know, my dad taught me you had a respect for authority, and there's not that anymore. So a guy on Facebook today posted. Six, uh, it was like, there were six things that he trusts more than the cops, and it was like outlandish bullshit stuff, yeah. like a flight on Malaysian Airlines. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it was just dumb stuff, and I go, you really don't want any cops. I go, everybody complains until you're like, somebody's trying to kill yeah. you or break into your house, you know, until you need us, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just ridiculous, and I know there's bad cops out there, I know there's good cops. And that's the big reason why I got out of being a cop. Uh, you know, uh, when I was in Germany, I did have an incident, there was an African-American male uh, was involved in a bar fight, so we got called to a bar to respond. And the guy he happened to be uh, fighting was from Nigeria. He was an immigrant in Germany, hadn't quite got his license. His, this was off base. Uh, yeah, it was okay. off base downtown, and he hadn't become a civil, uh, you know, a citizen of Germany yet. He was, and uh, anyway, as I walk into the bar, the American kind of sees us, and they were they were sizing each other up. They hadn't thrown blows yet. They were kind of shoving each other a little bit and talking crap. Um, so, you know, nothing was really going to happen at that point. You know, it's officer discretion. We could have brought them both in, but you know, I was just going to let him go. Well, the Nigerian winds up breaking a bottle as soon as the American turns around and was going to stab him in the back. And I, I immediately pull out my baton and I wind up hitting the guy's bottle and I shatter it. Well, he immediately drops to his knees and starts screaming at the top of his lungs in this bar, Rodney King KKK. And so here I am because we're taught, well, you strike, you bring your baton back up to defend yourself. Yeah. And so here's this, you know, I'm Hispanic and I'm standing over the man and, you know, he's sitting here on his hands and knees yelling at the top of his lungs, Rodney King KKK. So, of course, every cell phone in this whole joint gets pulled out. Yeah. And they're video recording this officer who's supposedly beating the crap out of this black man. You're not a white guy, man. though, dude. If you're oh, yeah. white, it'd be way worse. You're kind oh, yeah. of brown, though. You know, I'm it's half white. Even, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're black and you're, it doesn't even matter yeah. if there's a black guy. I mean, I'm half white, black, half too. Mexican, but, you know, the thing is... You're is looking for any reason. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I had to wind up proving myself that I had only reacted to what I saw and what had happened. 
And I wound up having to use the video footage from the bar to clear myself. It no longer was about this black man about to stab another black man. It became something now that this cop is beating a black man and for no reason because all they saw was me standing over him with my baton pulled. And, you know, I got out of the military and I saw kind of the way things are going with police officers here. Dude, when I and, got out, all that shooting, the Ferguson yeah. stuff was going on and I'm like, no way. And I, I tell yep. everybody... I go, I, I don't want to be a cop anymore because they train me to do something. And when I do it, I have to justify why, why I you did. did it. Yep. It's always the cop's fault. Always. You know, and, that, you know, granted, I'm not defending every cop. I know there are bad cops out there. Like we said before, you know, there are horrible cops out there. Why do you think that is, though? So go into, like, I try to tell people that you don't get it, man. So, like, that fucking cop was really jumpy and he pulled his gun or his cuffs out too soon. Yeah. So the day before, however long before, that cop was in the same situation and someone tried to fucking stab him in the neck. Yeah. Or somebody, uh, he pulled the car over and it's just, you know, and when he, as he's approaching, fucking bullets are flying at him. He doesn't, people don't forget that kind of stuff. No. And and I mean, even like simple things. I, I know for me, you know, I was a traffic accident investigator was one of my primary duties when I was in Germany and I got certified to do that. Were you guys on the Autobahn though? A lot. Yes. And so there were a lot of fatalities and when they were fatalities, they were usually bad because of the speed. My recruiter, my recruiter was a a military paramedic before he was a recruiter in Germany and he said on the Autobahn and it was a fucking nightmare dude. It was the shit you see on the Autobahn. The the accidents so most most of the time they're not you know they they everybody drives like crazy. Um I was going 80 responding one time and I had a beamer blow me off the road like I was standing still. Like literally in 2 seconds I couldn't see him anymore. Qatar dude, you'd be driving along oh, yeah. your fucking 55 kilometers and all of a sudden a Lamborghini <laughs> yeah. Ferrari goes by. Like a million dollar car goes by like fucking you just Oh yeah. Like yep. you just like I guess they don't, you know, if you can afford that car, you don't care about speeding tickets, no. I suppose. And, and that's the thing, you know, like over there, I mean, so when there was an accident, even a little fender bender, they were bad, you know. Multiple cars. And multiple cars, yeah. Um, and so, like, a lot of times when you go and respond to these things, you know, people don't realize, but you're pulling babies out of some of these things. You're yeah. pulling kids out of these things. And then, you know, you get dispatched out to something right after you just held a dead baby in your hand. And then you got to respond to something else and you got to put on a smile and act like everything's okay. And I don't know any person out there that can hold a dead baby that's bleeding out of its ears and then sit there and smile at the next thing and be okay. You know, and you're expecting these cops to do this. And yet, you know, you're judging them because they have to deal with this. And, and, you know, I, I don't know. I still can see some of that People don't get stuff. it, man. If you're no. not a fucking cop or you've never been a cop, you don't <clears throat> understand. You don't think like a cop does, you know? No. So, like, I try to tell people, and this, I don't know, I don't care if it comes out wrong or not, but, like, let's say that cop was driving those, those two guys mowing the lawn. Yeah. Okay? He's driving by, and he sees a, um, he sees a guy going from door to door. My mm-hmm. fucking phone is blowing up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they know you're on the podcast. Um, I know, right? You're too distracted. So... You're a cop, dude, and you see this, you, you're, you, you're, you know, driving through the neighborhood and you see someone going door to door. I'm going to say a black yep. guy or not, but I mean, I'm sure that even triggers even more. Maybe it's more of a white neighborhood yeah. and you see a black guy going door to door. That's stereotypical. That's, that's not, is that racist of me? No. It is, <laughs> but. You're a judge, though. It is. stereotypical, right, to see yeah. that guy, but it's like, how often do you see a black guy like that going from door to door in this neighborhood? Then it, it is strange, right? Yeah. That's a fact. It like, stands out. It does stand out. And whether you're, yes, you're, are you stereotyping at the time? Yeah, you are. So what I'm trying to get at, though, is like if I drive by and I'm like, oh, it's probably just a dude, 
giving out his business cards because yeah. he's trying to start a business. Good for him. And I go by. And then later on, you find out one of those houses got fucking robbed and broken into yeah. and everything got taken. Or they pushed it, they pushed in on some woman and raped her or whatever, like, yeah. or attacked her. You know what I mean? Because that shit does happen all the time. Oh, it does. So that cop would have to live with that shit after that. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but, you know, for the sake of that story, those guys were just out mowing lawns and they were good dudes or whatever, come to find out. The one dude got fucked up, I guess. Huh. Um, he got tased and bit by the fucking <laughs> dog. I know, right? It's terrible. I don't want to laugh at it. You know, but I don't know. But the guy, everybody was like, the cop pulled out his fucking cuffs too soon. Yeah. And I try to explain to people, like, if I'm arresting you and I'm like, you know what? This guy, Mike, right here, he seems like a fucking good dude. And like, I don't think I got to cuff him. You know, we're talking yeah. nice and shit, right? We're cool dudes. You know, he's got kids back there. You know, I'm just over here responding to whatever, like, drunken public thing or something. No, yeah. But he seems like an all right guy. I'm not going to cuff him. Next thing you know, he fucking stabbed me in the neck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, situ- people don't understand that situations go from being super just chill to like fucking crazy out of yeah. nowhere. Man. Well, like the, I, I had an incident like that one time we got a call, one of these, um, it was in base housing and we got a call from a child who was reporting her drunk dad beating the shit out of his, uh, out of his mom. And, uh, we wind up responding to the house. He had fled to a friend's house to make the call. And when we respond to his house, you know, we wind up going in. The dude is huge. Like, he's just a massive, massive man. All base or on base? He, he was on base. And so we actually... He's an Air Force guy? Yeah, he's an Air Force guy. And we actually had to use two sets of handcuffs to handcuff this dude. That's how big he is. And um, so anyway, as we handcuff him and everything, and we start to wheel him outside and into the car, the, the wife that was being battered all of a sudden realizes, oh, shit, it's going to be worse for me when he gets back. She starts jumping on us. And next thing you know, now we're having to apprehend the victim. Because, I mean, she's clawing our faces. She's mad at you for arresting him? She's not mad at us because we're arresting him. I think she just more realized that when when he came home again, he was going to just wail on her. So out of all the domestic disturbances that I've been to, it's a weird... You'll know what I'm talking about in a second. The wife... Sometimes the wife in the moment calls the cops, which is what she should do if she's being beat or hit or he's being threatening in any way, whatever, that's what you should do. But for some reason, once the cops get there, mm-hmm. they fucking feel bad or something. And they were just, they it's either they like, feel bad or well, it's going to be worse. I would never want to get robbed you know. and arrested. You know what I mean? Yeah. But a lot of anger. Let's say one night she's punching me in the face and yeah. I'm just like, you're hitting me. You know, and I call the cops on her and then the cops come and I go, God, I don't want her to go to jail. Now we're yeah. going to have to go through this legal issue you know, yep. whatever, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, like if your husband's hitting you, like it should, that should be good yeah. But, I mean, some women... I mean, she was battered. She had black eyes and stuff. And, and, you know, she's she was sitting there screaming at us. And she was telling us, he, he he's never going to do this to me again. I promise it's this is the first time. And, you know, you've heard the bullshit. I mean, we've all been to... If you're a cop, you've been to it. And you've been to these things where, you know, the woman's abused. And, you know, I, I've seen it. You know, I've had issues with it in my own family where you know they're being abused and and yet they always go back and it's so hard you know um to sit there and watch it and then you know you know you're gonna come back (laughs) cats and animals all over this house but yeah so so, you know it's hard as a police officer you know to know that you're gonna come back and you're gonna be back again and again you know And, and it's you know, but I don't even try to relate. And here I am comparing myself again, but I don't try to relate with cops that are like NYPD and like dudes that are yeah. like, they fucking, some of those cops go to war every day. Chicago right now is out yeah. of control. But I heard that's a police issue though. Someone, um, this guy I was stationed with here, he's from Chicago and me and him chat on Facebook mm-hmm. and I 
I ask a lot of questions because I'm like, dude, I can't even, I don't even understand it. I don't yeah. get people just killing each other for their cell phone or somebody gets gang members, like people shooting each other. I'm from small yeah. town, South Dakota. The biggest cities like I've ever been in or whatever. I lived in Vegas for like three months, you know, TDY to like Tampa, TDY to San Antonio a lot. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of time in San Antonio. San Antonio is an awesome town. Oh yeah. Like I'm sure there's bad parts of it. Oh, there's, is there right outside parts? the back gate. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> it was right horrible. The back gate was really bad. Yeah. Uh, it's the same where I grew up in Houston, you know, and, and that's why I moved out to the, the country Conroe or, you know, that's, uh, how much time were you actually in the city? Um, I grew up till I was about five years old and then that's when my dad moved us out in the country. We actually, I remember my house, uh, watching a police uh, chase and I'm watching it on TV and then I'm watching it out my window. Oh my God. And that was like my last memory of my neighborhood. You know, uh, the police literally chased this guy right down my street. And they wound up doing some stop strips and catching him down the street from my house. Somebody shot and killed the sheriff from my hometown way back. I know people listening to this that are from Millbank will know, but I don't, I'm not sure. But it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was like the only shooting or whatever cop related cop getting killed or whatever thing. Yeah. So like growing up, the cops, dude, they just chased us around town trying to get, trying to take my fucking driver's license away from squealing <laughs> my tires and speeding around yeah. like an idiot, man, in one of my crazy junked out cars. But their big thing was weekends was fucking following us around trying to catch us at parties and stuff. Oh, sure. They had nothing else to do, though. I get it now. Yeah. You're like, why do they just leave us alone? But you're fucking sitting around all night. Like, it's so boring. Like, what else yeah. is there to do? Yeah. I mean, in those small towns, it's got to be horrible. They could have left I mean, us the fuck alone, man. Yeah. We really weren't being that bad, like, out drinking and stuff, but at the same time, man, I guess now you think about it as a cop, like they don't, a bunch of kids shouldn't probably be out drinking like that. No, behind the wheel especially cars. behind the wheel and stuff. I mean, that's Maybe a they, lot. I don't know. I don't think I'm, I'm pretty sure we weren't that responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be like, Mike, we didn't drink and drive, but I'd be a fucking liar to say anything. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't I think there's anymore. anybore, anybody out there that I don't anymore. I'm way smarter. Like I'd still dumb. It's dumb. There's so many reasons and there's so many, you have Uber, Lyft, you know, cabs and shit like that. Oh, yeah. That. It's Grand so Forks, easy to get away. You can walk anywhere in Grand Forks. Besides wintertime, you'll fucking die outside. <laughs> but you can walk anywhere in Grand Forks and get there within like an hour. Like yeah. Across town. It takes like an hour to walk across town. Yeah. I rode from my BMX bike. I rode it from Best Buy to where we were living over on Cottonwood. And it took me like 11 minutes. Yeah. I, I walked uh, from Hobby Lobby all the way home one time when I lived on North 5th Street. And uh, Stacy wasn't answering her cell phone. And I needed a ride. How long did it take you to walk across town? Oh, uh, it's about thirty-five minutes. That's it. See, you can walk yeah. anywhere in this town. So, like Uber in the summer here, when I drove Uber, was bad because everybody yeah. fucking walks back to the door on the drunk, the drunken march. <laughs> yeah, you can walk past Red Pepper and fucking eat that on the way. And yeah, just, just yeah. But then it's cold, dude. Uber was nice mm-hmm. when I got wintertime hit for sure. Oh yeah. Joe Rogan was joking on his podcast. He's like, when you're from the north, man, you, if you fucking, he, like, he's like, you're in California if you're homeless, like, you just fall asleep on the beach and you wake up however long later. You fucking fall asleep in the wrong spot at the wrong time here, like, you yeah. don't wake up. You no, know you I mean? die. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's horrible up here when it gets cold. I mean, I've just, it, it's been better the last couple years. Like, it hasn't gotten as cold as I remember it. Like, in Minot, it's it was brutal. Mild, yeah, in Minot, it was brutal. I, I got mean, back from Djibouti, Africa, dude, in yeah. December. Ugh. I remember walking out of the airport in town. I'm like, dog, stop. And he started backing up. And he's like, I'm not going out there, man. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. And you've been in like 100-degree weather every day yeah. for like the last six months. And all of a sudden, you walk into fucking Grand Forks, North Dakota at yeah. Christmas. Well, I remember when I was in Saudi, or, you know, right around September yeah. 11th. It would get like 110 during the day. And then it would drop down to 80 at night. And you'd go in the pool, and your lips would turn fucking blue. 
Like, you know, just because, and, and it was still like 80 something degrees outside. Best weather ever, Iraq, dude. I was in Iraq from like September to like February or something. Yeah. And like 80, just 80 every day. Not too like, it just wasn't that bad. Everyone's supposed to have a hot day, but it was like yeah. their winter months, I guess. They actually have winter months. Yeah, no. The other thing I, that tripped me out, the one thing I remember the most about Iraq was when I choppered in from, when I choppered in over Baghdad, dude, the fucking palm trees, they run in lines yeah. and they run as far as the eye can see. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, dude. No, I, I, I liked Iraq, man. Like, yeah. Even rural Iraq, like out in farmland and orchards and shit, dude. It See, I was on the bad. big base. I was at Balad. And I ended so, up there at the yeah. end. Yeah. And, and so you've been there. And I it actually, from fob to fob to fob. Yeah. Yeah. It, it actually snowed there when I was in Iraq. And so I do remember that. It snowed right around Christmas time. And I mean, it was nothing. It what was, was a dusty. What was the base called attached to it? Striker or no? Striker. There's no. a bunch of them, right? There's yeah. A bunch there's of little a, bases all around it that got yeah. consumed by yeah. the main fucking base. So no, there were there was quite a bit, and I know one side, half of it was the Air Force, you know, the Air Force side, and the other side was the Army side, and, um, you know, we did a lot of base security there. Uh, that was really really awesome. You're Balad, so you yeah. were actually stationed at Balad as like base security. Uh, I did base security for the first part of it, and then I wound up taking over the NCOIC or non commissioned officer in charge of physical security, and that my job there was basically. Any kind of maintenance or security issue, it was my job to investigate like what we needed. So believe it or not, like the actual physical security job was physical shit. Like it was like yeah. tangible items that you can touch and this and that. Like, yeah. Like, so we like put up concertina wire, liar, yeah, yeah. uh, TAS systems. Like I, I, I didn't do the TAS myself, but I, I worked with the TAS people and told them what I needed. You know, and they would come up and set TAS up the TAS sensors. Yeah. Tell, tell people what Taz is. People so don't Taz know. is a uh, system where they they put and it's don't basically go into yeah. Detail no, it's just basically it a wire that goes through the fence line and it, it just uh, it, it senses vibrations is what it does. So if so you were to like try to yeah, so if you're trying to climb the fence, you know it obviously go off and let us know that you're trying to climb the fence. Uh, but we're also talking about a windy, windy country where it's in the middle of the desert. So it goes off every time the fucking wind blows or if a helicopter flies low enough over it, which happened a lot. Um, so my job, like we did a run runway expansion. Uh, so I I was in charge of setting up the security for it, uh, making sure that there was adequate, uh, numbers of like, uh, patrolmen to monitor these local nationals that were working on the base. Uh, to make sure that they weren't so running around. Job. Um, mine was not. Theirs <laughs> well, was. You were busy, I bet. Yeah. It's yeah. A big my fucking base, man. Yeah, my job was really, really busy. So, um, you know, I had to make sure that all the gates, because all the gates. Uh, I was there from 2007 to 2008. And then I got back from there and I went straight to Afghanistan in 2009. So, you uh, never, did you ever go off Balad? Did you go outside the wire at all? Um, briefly. Briefly? Yeah. I, I, I went outside the wire a little more when I was in uh, Bagram. In for Afghanistan. Sure, for sure. Um, <clears throat> it's okay to not go outside the wire. Like, some people get fucking weird no. about it, dude. Like, yeah. They're like, they're gonna have, like, they have to lie about it or make it up, man. Like, you don't want to go out there. No, okay I mean, we not, did a lot okay of... to not go out there. We did a lot of perimeter security and stuff like that. And that, So, like, the stuff we did do was, like, immediately outside the wire. So, you said 07. And, yeah, 07 to 08. Yeah, so mortars. You got, yeah, you got oh, mortars. all the time, every day. Yeah. Uh, it was 09, and it, was, it, lit, it let up, but it wasn't that bad. Our worst day was a sandstorm, and we got hit 30 mortars on base that day. Uh, and, and the big thing is, is when you got a sandstorm, you can't fly planes because it, it'll clog up the engines yep. and they'll crash. Can't send up helicopters. 
So we really have nothing to retaliate. Grounded, yeah. yeah, we can't really retaliate against these mortars. You know, we can't see them. You, you can't see. Them, you don't know where they're coming from. Either, yeah. Though. Well, that was the worst part of my job is when I was there before I became physical security is we would have to go wherever these mortars would detonate or land on this base. Some of them didn't detonate because we're talking about old mortars that have been laying around think, forever. Like, old Russian yeah. And shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it would hit the base and we would literally have to stand over spread eagle, you know, standing over these mortars with a compass and get what's called a back azimuth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had what's called the poi, uh, which is point of impact. And we'd have to get what was called a poo, which is a point of origin. Which, so we'd have to shoot a back azimuth from where it landed yeah, so we could pass it on to the mortar team so they could return fire. Because oh they, they could do a calculation if we could get them an azimuth of how the arc was and stuff. So we could get a general area of where... We're getting attacked from. I was only in Balad for about a month. I, when I got to Iraq, I got sent to Liberty first. And Liberty was a J-damned a um, old prison. Yeah. So it was an Iraqi prison that we J-damned it. J-damned, do you know what it stands a for? Bomb, it's a big-ass yeah. fucking missile. Yeah. Is it a missile or a bomb? It's like a bomb. you drop a bomb on yeah. it. Yeah. So we're like... It's a pretty little fucking cool fob, dude, because it's like a prison that yeah. had a bomb fucking dropped on it. And I would I'd take my dog in there all the time and go walk around, and it's like yeah. old prison cells, but it's like caved in, and it's actually uh-huh. really fucking cool. I don't, I didn't walk that far in there because like they, that shit is still like caving oh, yeah. in. And then we were right in the fucking middle of the city, so there was always <clears throat> shooting and crazy shit going on right outside of our base or whatever. Yeah. But dogs barking. Um, but anyway, I moved around a whole bunch while I was there. I got to go to Liberty to wherever I don't know. But yeah, yeah, man. What else can we talk about? Going in deep, dude. No, you're trying to like. So a cool part I want to bring up. So on Facebook, you're trying to bring Flight Three back together. Yeah. So for, we were talking about it earlier. We jump. I fuck. See, dude, get distracted. I talk about. <laughs> we can talk about whatever all day. Yeah. But uh, me and Mike were on a Flight Three together in Minot. With Flight Three was like a made up of 45, 40 to forty five airmen. Uh, all ranks. Um, the highest rank was the flight chief, and he was master usually a master sergeant. sergeant. Yep. Coase was a tech sergeant flight chief for a yep. while. And, but so yeah, this guy Kevin Coase, uh, he was our flight chief, and so he's the highest ranking enlisted guy. And then you always got like a lieutenant or what the hell dog. The dog must need out or something. Um, go ahead, Mike. You tell a fucking story for me. You can run my <laughs> podcast, dude. I'm gonna let the dog right. out. I don't want to even fucking fuck with the computer because I'll mess this up, dude. That's so. all right. Um, you keep talking to me yeah. So the big thing is, is right now we're trying to organize all these people. Um, so basically that was an important part of me and Dave's life. We actually uh, got to hang out with some of, probably in my life, the coolest people I've got to hang out with, some of my best friends. Um, and so anyway, right now we're going through Facebook. I am trying to locate a bunch of everybody. And uh, we're trying to find a cool place somewhere centralized so that we can all meet up and hang out. Fucking get in trouble, dude. It's I know. Be nuts. I mean, most of us got families are married or yeah. getting on with our lives and we're all in our mid-30s now, if not 40. Yeah. But like the biggest, the weirdest thing is like how far back do you go? You know I mean? Flight 3 probably goes back a long Oh, I'm way, sure. You know, and probably still going. There's probably a Flight 3. You know, I mean, well, they kind of changed it up. Chloe told me. Oh, I don't okay. know how they yeah, have it now, but it yeah. Well, Chloe is my first supervisor and also a really close friend. Yeah. And uh, I, I recently went to his wedding, and uh, so we were talking about it, and that's kind of what prompted us to get this get together going. And it's kind of a reunion. Uh, we haven't seen each other since. Well, I left in 05, so I mean, we haven't seen People each other for out, years. I ran into Kenny fucking Christmas. Yeah, I did too in Germany. Yeah. So, I love Kenny, man. I, I, I think he's off of Facebook again. I couldn't find him on Facebook. We were trying to tag him. His Kenny Holiday. 
That's he changed what? his last name Are to Holiday. Yeah. Whatever, dude. <laughs> so, on my Facebook. So man. yeah, no, I I have him. I sent him a, a request for. So we're it. all just kind of dipping back, and it was kind of <clears> like <throat> we're gonna maybe call it the Coes era or something. Everybody yeah. That kind of worked with our new Sergeant Coes. Yeah. You know. And so I really want to get this get together, kind of like a family reunion, because I mean, honestly, we spent. Uh, you know, we're three and a half days out in the field and we'd spend about three and a half days at home, but you know, we had one of those days was usually a training day and then there was always a standby day. So these were people we spent five days a week with, you know, and whether you loved each other, you hated each other, you were a family and kind of like Dave and I, I mean, I've known him for almost 20 years now. Yeah. Dorothy, what the fuck was her name? Silva. Silva. Did yeah. I tag her? Tag her too. I don't think so. I got her on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what she's trying to do. I'm just thinking of random people from flight now. Yeah. Just kind of pop into my head. But no, it's. I'm not even kidding, dude. I seriously like suppressed all these memories. Yeah. Why not? Like I have them. Yeah. They're like the street racing days and. Yeah. Dude, like it's just yeah, all that missile field, man. We were totally family. We were like a one little core crew of guys for a while, you know. Yeah. And so we, I mean, we'd party together. We'd go everywhere together. And, Sully. you know. Did you know Sully? Yeah. <laughs> Fatty! <laughs> Why is he not? We got a tag him I on. did, I did. Oh, is he on there? I'm yeah, like, his, he's, a, he's under his wife's name. So yeah, it's something yeah. Ann Sullivan. What so I, pussy, bro. Yeah, I know. Under his wife's I name. I know. So. Lady runs <laughs> but yeah, man. No, that's an awesome idea. For real. Like, this so. is bringing back a lot of memories for me. And it's probably good and therapeutic for me. She's good. You're fine. Okay. Hold Hi, on, baby. baby. That's Mike's daughter. Yeah, that's my daughter. She came to visit. <laughs> okay, well, Mike's let me... Mike's a super awesome dad. Let me guys. go in a little bit, okay? I'll be in there in just a little You've bit. You've been dealing with fucking custody crap for way too long. Dude. Uh, You're an yeah. awesome dad. You know that, right? I try. <laughs> I'm a part-time dad. You're a full-time dad. It drives it. me nuts uh, some <laughs> days. Not the kids, just the drives, custody. Dude, you can see that, dude. Everybody's so fucking afraid to be like, fucking kids, but like, it's okay. They drive yeah. us crazy. I drove my fucking parents crazy. <clears throat> this is what your kids do to you. I don't know if you drove your, I was an amazing kid. Were like, you? My, kid, my dad loved me. You're a preacher's son. <laughs> you're, wait, do you have twin sisters? No, I don't. Uh, they're actually you, like nine months apart. Oh, I thought you had twin sisters. No. Maybe that's just in my fantasy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Man, so, crazy. But me and you reconnected. It's like, so we were in right around in Minot till 05 together. Yeah. You went to Germany. I yep. went, I came here, believe it or not. The yeah. PCS and then you went to Turkey. I went to Turkey from here, but I came here and I went to canine school. Yeah. So I went to canine school, got back here, um, got orders to Turkey, and I left there and came back to Grand Forks again. And we met, we got back together after I was back from Turkey already, right? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I hit you up on Facebook. Um, so at that point in time, I was going through my divorce. I was in Germany, and I was getting out to come back to, and finish my divorce and custody battle. I'd married a girl from North Dakota. Uh, so I had to come back here to finish the divorce. And uh, so I hit up Dave on Facebook and he was kind of talking to me. And I actually told him, I was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm coming back. And I was like, it'd be cool to hang out with you. And he's like, where are you going to stay? And I was like, well, I don't know anybody up there. So I'm going to stay in a mission. I mean, that that's just, I mean, coming back from Germany and not knowing anybody in the state that you're, I mean, it, that's not just what I was going to do. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I, it's like I could afford a hotel for like three days and then it isn't like they give you a ton of money when you get out of the Here's Air the Force. Fucking craziest part of the story. When we went to Fargo to pick you up, uh, Kayla, yep. right? My ex fiance, Kayla, fuck crazy Kayla, uh, and Nikki, yep. uh, What's up? The TV's not going. The TV's not going. Oh, it must have turned off. Troubleshoot it. Is it glowing? We'll troubleshoot it. Is it plugged in? First thing you do, <laughs> plugged in. Check. Two. I think whatever. it just timed out. No, so it's okay, honey bunny. We'll turn it on in a minute. 
the fucking electronics go on. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I do that. I can go over there hit the power strip on the boys while they're yeah. playing Xbox, dude. And I they know. They're shit. But anyway, like we go to pick you up. You knew Kayla. Yeah, I deployed Iraq. it from Iraq with from her. Iraq. Yeah. And you knew Nikki. Yeah, from my not. From my so. So, so yeah, it's just such a small world. I mean, honestly, with cops in the Air Force, you kind of know everybody. I mean, you know, not everybody, but you see everybody from here to there. And uh, so sure. anyway. Like if I run into someone and they look at me and they're like, they give you that look. Yeah. Like, uh, where do I know you from? It's usually like, you're in the Air Force? Air Force, okay. Mine not or Grand Force. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it was awesome that um, Dave kind of told me, he's like, you're not going to live in a mission. He goes, you're going to come and live with me. And uh, so I did. I actually lived with Dave for, I think it was about five months. You were there for quite a while. Yeah. I actually had gotten custody of my boys after. And then they got kidnapped. Yeah. And then they got kidnapped. I got to live with you while your boy, you had, dude, you were so freaking out. We drank way too much. We dealt with that situation way wrong. (laughs) Oh, I know. Dude, you were so stressed. Like, I like, know. Go ahead. Like, you tell him a little but, bit. Uh, you don't have to go too deep into this. Yeah. You want to. Like I said, mom's not here to defend herself, but that bitch didn't yeah. kidnap your fucking kids. No. Um, so my ex had a little bit of things going on mental health-wise, and uh, she did. She parentally kidnapped my kids and uh, after she claimed that I abused her and abused my boys. And um, it took me literally six months, even with that, to prove that I, uh, you know, I was the better fit for the for parents and to have the kids and I did get them and I lived with Dave for probably about that six months and that's when I met my fiance and now wife uh Stacy and so we loved uh, having you there dude it was so much fun having yeah. you there, bro we vodka and orange juice nights <laughs> jeez yeah it's so much fun man playing yeah. guitar hero but I'm glad I could help you at a crazy time dude. yeah no you got your boys um yeah dude it's it's crazy so, yeah, no, it, it was a rough time in my life, and, you know, it just, uh, I, I don't think I would have made it the way I did without friends and without family, you know, and, and I do, I consider you family, I do, I view you as a brother. Same thing to you, so, man, yeah. for real, like, you were my, you're my brother, bro, I'll fucking kill somebody for you. Yeah. Tell me. So, <laughs> anyway, but no, we just, uh, you know, I, I've gone through so much crap, and, you know, I, I've, Dave's been there for me. He's been there for all of it. This is a kiss know? my ass podcast, bro. You don't <laughs> I'm not We're trying not to kiss your ass, here. but it's but nah. That's what people do for each other, yeah. though, bro. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean. Feel like, I honestly feel like I've abused you over the days. You, sometimes you call and need me, and it's like, oh, Mike needs me or something. And yeah. It's just, you know, I, but I it's life, and I know that. I, I know you got stuff going on, and I got stuff going on. We've yeah. talking to each other, but yeah. it's like, it's, you know, but then we do it. It's just back to And that's what I think, you know, the military has helped. I mean, you know, even like Chloe, I told you, I went to his wedding. I hadn't seen Chloe in almost a year before that, you know, and he just called me out of the blue and said, hey, I need you to be in my wedding. And, you know, I got off the, I got out of my truck when I got to Minot, and it was like I had never missed a day, you know. That's crazy, man. My house changed a lot because of the oil. Holy shit. crap! I couldn't find my way around. I is like, it that cr- it's like crowded there. You mean, or what is it like? Just everything's changed. Nothing is the way. It, torturing my kitties. Yeah, nothing's the way it my used kitties. to be. Um, well, things are all grown up. Uh, the whole town has changed as far as the you know when I was there, there was hardly anything there, and then the oil boom wound up happening, well, and so like, they're like they've made trailer parks or RV parks. And yeah, they made trailer parks, RV parks. They've got construction going on after the flood, like right by a close house. They've got like a quarry where they're kind of digging out, and it's not really a quarry, I guess. It's just more of well, they're removing dirt and making more drainage so that it doesn't flood again. Um, so, you know, it was just, and then there's so many, it's, it's spread out now. Yeah. Like we were up on North Hill at the Knights of Columbus. I didn't even remember what was there. 
And, and uh, so we were there for the reception and I walked out and I was looking and I was trying to figure out where the hell I was. Like I, I knew I was in Minot, but I didn't know where in the world in Minot I was. I got and, a funny story. I got fucking drunk at Bucks in Fargo. Yeah. And I was so drunk, I thought I was in Grand Forks, dude. I walked <laughs> Jesus. outside and I was like, what the fuck happened to Grand Forks? It's not the same. It doesn't yeah. look the same when you walk out there. No. I walk out, I'm like, it tripped me out. That is so dumb. Yeah. I know, I know. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, but no, it's just a really amazing, the, the brotherhood that you do find with veterans. I mean, you know, um, there's just so many of us, and that's kind of the, the, the purpose of trying to do this reunion that I want to do is... Uh, you know, just to see how many of us, you know, I mean, they, we live so much of our lives together. And I know some of us have kind of fallen apart. I know, like, I you haven't run into somebody. You don't even know where to fucking start, dude. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, remember me from wherever? I'm like, oh, my God, what's new with you? I'm like, what's yeah. new with me? How many times was I divorced? <laughs> how many times was I divorced last time we talked? Yeah, That's I know. Let's go point where we got to catch up. Yeah. Something, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um. Start. But, you know, I, I think it'll be awkward for some people that we're going to, you know, reunite with. But I think, on the other hand, I think there's going to be that whole bond of, you know, the brotherhood of being yeah. in the military and having chewed the same ground and done the same shit. Willie, and, dude. I miss Willie so much. Yeah. Like, he's on my Facebook, too. Yeah, he's, he's on mine, too. And, uh, like, you know, I remember hanging so out at his house, guys, him bro. and Lakey's house all the time, just <laughs> fucked up, throwing <laughs> rocks down the hill. Ridiculous, dude. Remember we used to throw rocks down oh, the hill? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I remember I one time. His birthday, bro. They yeah. out the window to make me throw up. You know I got slapped that night, right? I don't <laughs> By my ex-wife. So, oh. yeah. So, anyway, I, I we wind up going over to your birthday party I at Willie's. at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, didn't, I don't fucking remember anything. <clears throat> Willie gets me a handle. Well, not a handle. It'll be a fifth, right? A fifth yeah. of Crown Royal for my yeah. birthday because I like Crown. And he's like, pa we're passing back and forth. just taking rips off of it. And he's like, take another one, man. Take another pull. I'm like, I'm just... <laughs> I guess he, he said his 21st birthday got ruined because he got too drunk. Yeah. So he's trying to ruin mine. And he did. Like, I passed yeah. out by 10 o'clock. There yeah. was, like, five people at the party when I passed out, and I guess it was one of the biggest parties ever. Oh, yeah. Seen. It was an amazing party. And we, we remember so Fatty McGee. Fatty McGee. <laughs> we wound up drawing. We took his shirt off, and we drew on his whole, sh oh, his whole chest. While he was passed out, we drew penises and all kinds of There's shit. There's a video of me. When they got me home that night, there was a video of me yeah. laying on the floor, and Kristen is standing there like laughing at me and I'm yeah. just, they're like they're like my sister and Danny are there Danny I think gave me the ride home and yeah. Danny's like Dave Dave Kristen's here do you love Kristen your wife or whatever <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like I'm gonna hit her with a stick that's all I would say the whole time like I'm just gonna hit her with a stick you love her that one I'm gonna hit her with a stick dude that's all yeah. I would say how dumb is that man I'm yeah. so drunk no I went to your party so anyway I told Misty there wasn't gonna be any girls cause there wasn't supposed to be <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, whatever okay cause, cause anywhere Dave goes it's a sausage fest and, Oh <laughs> no, anyway, uh, one of our boys' girlfriends shows up, who's a really good friend of mine, and I was in a shirt that Misty had bought me, and I wore it to the party, and this girl comes and gives me a hug and a kiss on my cheek, not even realizing she has thick-ass makeup, so she not only gets it on me, but she gets it on my shirt that Misty had bought me, after I told her there were going to be no girls there. Yeah. So yeah, guess who got his ass handed to him when he got home? Whatever, you know, I was dude. just like, whatever, you know, and I was like... It was honestly, it was, I think it was Blair Mendez. Women, why do women think that when we go out, like, pussy just flies at us? Dude? I don't know. Because it doesn't, man. Like, you can go out and work for the shit and not get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't just like women walk up and be like, look at you, you know. So yeah. You know, like, I want to fuck you. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. And the ones that do Unless come you're up Tom say, Cruise. Yeah, but the ones that do come up and say that are the ones you don't want to fuck. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, Lord. Those are the ones you want to run from and hide. So. That's crazy. 
Anyway, yeah, no. Um, so get these people together, man. I'm excited too. I'm down. I'm yeah. gonna go with you. I'm like, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. I don't know why I suppress so many of those memories. Like, I don't want to <laughs> think about it. I'm like, I talk about getting in with a liquor bottle on here. Where were you that night? Do you remember that night? Um, I was with Burkle and uh, Jesse that night, and we were out partying. I remember getting a phone call from Kadena saying, get your ass over here. Cause Kadena starts calling everybody. Yeah. And so we, he's like, uh, Dave just got his ass stomped. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Why did I get a bottle and I stomped that dude, <laughs> No. And you so. You talking about the stomped one. You're talking about the liquor bottle at the time I got stomped. Uh, I literally got stomped. Yeah, I know you, you got stomped because me and Larry were with you. Yeah, yeah. you and Larry brought that was brought. Up yeah, we Facebook. carried you up. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um, for the people that don't know, I don't even should we tell? I, should, I can tell it, I guess. But yeah, we were at. I know we were at the strip club. What was it mm-hmm. called? I don't remember. It wasn't the Yellow Rose. It was the other no, one. The other one. I don't remember. Uh, I, God, I don't, don't even remember. Well, I went there and I remember. Legends. A, I got any legends. <laughs> I got in a fight with Kristen because yeah. I was looking at the strippers. Yeah. Right? So my ex-wife got, gets mad at me for going to a strip club. Because you can't look at the strippers at the strip club. Anyway, we get, we, we're leaving the place and it was like dollar tea night. Yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah. Bruh. So drunk. All I remember is getting out of a car and running away. Um, yeah. Down in the part of town I was in, we ran off. Me and Miller ran off. Yeah. Somebody. And then I woke up in an apartment with... Is it Rogers? What was that his name? Yeah. No. I don't remember the name, but I wake up in an apartment. I don't no idea what it is. And my eye, dude, I'm just like, and my fucking eye open. And yeah. my, I don't, my hillbilly fucking ass is just like, oh, it's soldered shut or something. I must yeah. have got conjunctivitis, you know, or some <laughs> stupid shit. And I'm like, why is my fucking eye not opening? And I go in the bathroom and my eye is swollen shut. Yeah. And there's dry blood all over my mouth and my nose and my face and runs down my neck. And I have a fucking boot print on the side yeah. of my face. I guess what happened is... I don't know if Thomas can tell or somebody can tell us a story, but I walked, we, so I supposedly walked up to a group of guys in a driveway. Three guys were standing in a driveway drinking. Yeah. And I walked up to them and they were acting all nice to me and they were talking to me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one of them just, like, I guess, hit me in the side of the head and I fell down and they stopped me for a while. Jeez. And then, I don't know, but then Miller said they pulled a gun on him or something. Or yeah, no, it was when, when Cleveland and I showed up, they did. Because we were, we were trying to get you out of there. How am I alive? I don't know. <laughs> Half I mean, the you guys took me you... home. Like, you should have took me to the ER, but I yeah. get it. Like, you were too scared to get in trouble. Like, we didn't want to get you in trouble. Yeah. We didn't want to get in trouble because, you know, in the Air Force, you get any kind of... the fucking ER, probably. Yeah. Like, anytime there's alcohol involved in the Air Force, you're already alcohol-related incident, and God help you. You're banded for life. Yeah. You know, and so... Um, Anyway, so our, our first reaction is we're seeing Dave. He's passed out. He can't move. So fucking Larry picks him up. And Larry's a big-ass dude. Big hurt, bro. Yeah. And so Larry picks him up, throws him over his shoulder, and he's fucking carrying him, fireman carrying him up three flights of stairs to his apartment and, and just throws him on the couch, and we kind of just do our thing. But, you know, it's it just uh, crazy, crazy time. Yeah, I had a really bad concussion. I had some damage to my left <clears throat> eye. Uh, my whole eye, the white of my eye was red for so yeah. long, dude. It was crazy. I had really bad headaches and other shit after that. That was bad, bro. Like, I should yeah. I got stomped by some dudes, man. That's, yeah. That's no, scary. the bottle incident, I, I remember Kadena and Fonseca telling us about, you know, them cutting you off and stuff. And so they told us, get over here and we're going to go look for them. So we all, like, hopped in a vehicle and we were driving These around. These dudes jumped Kenny. I guess yeah. the one guy jumped Kenny. Yeah. So that's why we went to fuck fight him. And so, anyway, Dave got a bottle busted across his face, a thick-ass gin bottle. Dude, that's and, ridiculous. And uh, that was a hot 100 bottle, but I don't know if I remember it right or not. Yeah, and so his face was hanging half off, and uh, we had to take him in and get him stitched up, and that was an amazing night. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy. But yeah, um, 
And I was talking to Chloe about that time. Those people just showed up. They were friends of his roommate, and they showed up and decided they were going to raid his cabinets. Friends and uh, where was this at? What are you talking? At Chloe's old house. Chloe's old house. The yellow yeah, house. Yeah, and I remember yeah, yeah. they started like stealing, trying to steal all the shit out of his out of his cabinets. So um, it was me and Burkle and you and no, Burkle wound Burkle up fighting that guy. that guy. Yeah, that was that, that night. That guy was in the basement screaming up obscenities, and he was just being yeah. super obnoxious. Yeah, but that was what started. I was it. like. Eventually, like, we were just like, dude, get the fuck outside. Someone needs to kick your ass. Yeah. Because he was a douche, man. Yeah. Well, that's what so, started like, it. Is they, then they... I got outside, and I still, my face is like, I just recently been busted or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, I wanted to punch a guy so bad, but I wasn't ready to get in a fight. Yeah. Like, in my head, I'm like, ah, I'm not ready to get hit yet or whatever. So, yeah. like, Brooke was like, I'll fight him. Walks up <laughs> and just fucking punches him. And then just starts kneeing him And then the, the, the guy starts like, apologizing yeah. and saying, that was a great fight. And yeah, he's, yeah, like, and trying to shake his hand. Yeah. Afterwards. Like, he had yeah. no idea how to fight. Why do you get in a fight then? Exactly. I just remember Burkle throwing him over the fence. Like, Dude, that. <laughs> Burkle kicked like, the shit yeah. out of him. So, anyway, no. But that was the night then two dudes, then dudes showed up later with a gun. Yeah, right? with a gun, yeah. There was, there were, there were two guys. One of them was black, I remember. I don't remember the other guy, but he wound, the black guy, we wound up knowing from the military. And, uh... He pulled out and he kind of went like this and showed his gun when he pulled up his shirt. I guess you guys can't see what I. It's whatever, saying. dude. Keep talking. <laughs> but anyway, he pulled up his shirt and kind of showed that he had a handgun in his waistband. And then um, Rob a couple came, dude. Somebody yeah, told him. Rob. Somebody called, told him, yeah. like, "Hey, bro." And that's how he's from the fuck. He's from Inglewood and shit. And he's yeah. like, "Hey, man, somebody has a gun here." And he goes. I'm on my way. He yeah. shows up. And and then Tolden shows up and then he real he knew Todd, he knew Rod, uh, yeah. Rob. And that's why the whole thing the guys He's like, "Oh, squash. I'm your he boy." Squash. And yeah. so he wound up leaving. And Rob's this badass, amazing dude. I, I loved Rob when he matter of fact, he went to Winnipeg and wound up getting shot. He got shot. I don't know yeah, like that five times. Either. Like five or six times. Yeah, so. with a 22. Yeah. Uh, a Native American gang, a Native American gang like grabbed him and like Yeah, well, he, he started uh, fighting them cuz his girlfriend got his girlfriend got didn't get mugged. He went into a 7-Eleven or some a gas yeah. station, and he was like in a bad fucking shitty neighborhood. Yeah, and somebody came in and said, hey, they're taking stuff out of your well, car. His girlfriend. This yeah. Kid, somebody reached in the window and grabbed his girlfriend's purse out of her yeah. hands and walked away. And so they and so followed Rob him. chases him down. Yep. And so this is the story I remember from Rob telling me. <clears throat> Rob says he runs over there, grabs the guy, throws him on the ground, and, and then all of a sudden the door to this house opens up and like eight guys rush him. Yep. So he said he's got one guy in like a head scissors type lock punching him in the face, another guy in a headlock. And Rob Tolden is like six foot four, fucking 280. Big dude. Like a big dude, man. And he's, I guess he's holding his own for a little bit. And he said he sees a guy, he didn't see a guy, but he sees a guy come up with like a, it was a sawed off 22 rifle. Yeah. And he says the guy, he hears a pop and he doesn't feel anything. I don't know what he said he felt. I think he felt something or whatever, but he, the guy, that was one shot him in the leg. Yeah. That's his femoral artery, right? Yeah. He lets go of the thing and he gets up to run away. Eats one through the shoulder, um, one through the one punctures his lung. The last one punctured his lung. He said, "Yeah, because he's like I was just running away. I don't remember getting shot or anything, and all of a sudden I just all my wind was gone. He just yeah, and he, and he dipped off in between some trees and that was it. Like, dude, they said if he wasn't in such good physical shape as he was, I yeah. might be fucking tell him the story all wrong. Yeah." But they said he wasn't as good a physical shape as he is. He I remember out. he was in Winnipeg for like months because yeah, they had to rehab and like his lung and he all. Got, he lost, he so, much lost so much weight. Yeah, he, he looked know. horrible. I mean, he, he looked like he had just lost so much weight and so much muscle mass because this man was just, he was in the gym all He's the time. Dude, yeah. But no, he was one of those kind of guys that you want him to have your back. Like if you're in a fight, you want Rob to be on your side. Yeah. And, uh, we're at an hour 17, man. Yeah. Talking for quite a while. So let's save some shit for another podcast. You know, I'm definitely gonna right. have you on, man. Like you're okay. my best friend and my yeah. fishing buddy. And 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know where I'd be without you either, dude. You, yeah. you helped me out a lot in my life too, man. So I really do appreciate you. Yeah, same here. What do you want to say to anybody else, dude? Shit ain't easy, is it? <laughs> no. Sitting there talking like we're on an interview the whole time, and it's cool. I mean, it just comes, it's whatever. You just gotta get relaxed, and you gotta get yeah. to the mic, and it's not easy, dude. Try doing it by yourself. I'll be fucking I'll be playing for you, record, and you can sit here and talk for thirty minutes about crap, dude. Like I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting balls deep into politics because I have nothing else to do for six months. Like I was trapped in my own head, and yeah. like, dude, I wish I didn't. I'm so addicted to politics right now. <laughs> Do you ever get into that shit much? Um, just, I give Stacy shit because she's always talking about how good Obama was. Here's and one I, thing I've noticed though, dude. Yeah. Do you ever talk shit about any of the presidents? Like in a way, I mean, you do, you can a little bit like, do I do with, talk too much I do with presidents? Obama. I did, uh, quite a bit. I don't, know. I don't ever, I, Robin's I, always like, you know, I don't remember who you're talking shit about Obama or any, I'm like, yeah. like cause I don't have the military man. That was my boss, commander in chief. Like, yeah. No, to me, none of them really ever did anything. The only one I, I like George Bush because he gave me fucking raises. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> he was an awesome president for a military. Though. Yeah. He was terrible. It wasn't yeah. terrible. Yeah. He was just dumber in a box of rocks. <laughs> that was a box like, of shit. Now I'm talking shit about the president, bro. But here you go. Here's some money. Yeah, man. Like I don't know. Like Obama, I met him twice. I met really? him in Africa. I guarded his plane in Afghanistan. That was the closest I got. Got to talk to George Bush in Minneapolis. Yeah, I, I, I did get. Five West collapsed. We went there. Me yeah. and another dog handler got to go there to do security, bro. Oh, really? Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, cool. I, I got to see Bush in uh, Iraq. He he flew in and uh, we did security for him. I didn't get to go and personally meet him. Uh, we guarded uh, outside. He went in and met with like a bunch of generals. And he had a couple of airmen go in with him and stuff to meet with all these people. We secured the cantina and in Af. So. We were at Camp, Camp Lemonier. We we secured. The, we called it the cantina, and it's just the covered yeah. area where you get your three drinks and all that other thing. Yeah, kind of like the uh, bra and Qatar. Yeah, yeah, we secured it. We're standing there, and all of a sudden, a truck pulls up. I don't know who the guy is, man. I heard the name. He was yeah. a senator at the time over there visiting family in Kenya, and he gets out, walks over, and, he's, and he, he didn't have to. I didn't, I didn't think he was even going to come over to us. I have my dog, Boric. Yeah. And he walks over and shakes my hand, and he's like, cool dog, man. Can I pet it or whatever? And I'm like, I guess I'm like yeah, you can do whatever you want, Mr. President, or whatever. He pets the dog. And he uh, shakes my hand again, and he just kept going along. I'm like, I'm fucking. I didn't say Mr. President. Why would I say Mr. President? I didn't know he was the president. I said yes, sir, or whatever to him. You yeah. Know what I mean, why would I say that? He wasn't the president. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. So I made that story up. Just kidding. <laughs> no. So he wasn't the president at the time. He was a senator. And yeah. I heard we heard him talk for like 45 minutes, and he sold me, man. I'm like, this guy's awesome and shit. That's <laughs> yeah. just how politicians talk. Yeah. You know, and he just pleased everybody. But yeah, it was cool that I met him. Um, George Bush. I shook his hand. I walked like. Uh, five feet behind him as he got off the Marine One and to walk nice. up to get in the motorcade or whatever. Yeah. And then we searched the thing. Dude, secret, working for the Secret Service is a fucking, those guys don't give a fuck, man. No, I bet. Pretty crazy, pretty hardcore. But anyway, man, like, like I said, we could sit here and talk all day. Thank you for being on the Davecast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Is it weird that I have a podcast? No. Do you listen to other I, podcasts? Uh, I listen to a couple of them. So. Joe Rogan has Macaulay Culkin on his podcast, bro. Oh, Jesus. Because he was like, you know, the child star, and then he, yeah. I think he got into drugs and just he fell off. Yeah. Know, whatever. I'm just curious to see what the fuck that guy's Yeah, the Home Alone, or, yeah, he was pretty big back in the day. It is what it is, man. But so. Awesome, brother. Thanks for being on. Thanks. All right, there you guys have it. That was my best friend, Mike Ortiz. Uh, we could sit here and talk all day. He's full of so many stories and stuff. And you know, I'm going to have him on the podcast again, uh, of course, for sure. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening to the Dave cast. You guys can look me up on Facebook, Dave's podcast on Facebook, uh, funny welder on Twitter and Instagram and send me any questions, any feedback you guys name it. Let me know how you thought this podcast goes. 
uh, share my stuff if you guys really do want to help support me. Um, like I said, I'm I'm the monkey trying to make the most noise, and uh, I, I need your guys' help for real. So I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, until next time, later, guys.